Today we are going to be talking about um, we've seen God do so many awesome things in our midst. I mean, the last couple of years, God has been awesome. He has done it again, again, and again. And we are totally, totally grateful. And um, I'm sure or I would say we, God has been so good that um, I would say we've been in a continuous, we've been working continuously in the overflow. But even as we walk in the overflow, things happen. And um, today we'll be talking about resilience as we walk in the overflow. Being resilient. Okay, um, resilience. Different, um, not exactly different meanings, but I mean every every dictionary has its own um, definition of what um, resilience would be. One definition would say resilience is the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. Um, Another would describe it as um, using the exposure to an event to produce a stealing effect. And um, as I was preparing for for this, um, I, I read someone's opinion that resilience is actually a process. It's, it's not an individual trait that some have and others don't. It's just a process. And um, it applies to, to everyone. Sometime last year, I think it was June or July, Reverend Colley gave us a teaching on military training. Uh, I hope we still remember the teaching on military training. And it was clear from that teaching that um, at every point in time, we would all get to pass through, God would take us through a training process so we can be prepared to fulfill our God-ordained destiny. And um, that is so true. I, I can say God has, God has been so good to me. Every now and then we go through one test or the other, and God always, always, always takes the glory. Now, you see, in the physical, resilience is a key factor for survival. If you are not toughened up, you find out that the world wants to take advantage, or everything becomes a big bother. But in the supernatural, you see, it's even a bigger factor. Talking about spiritual or supernatural resilience, it's, it's a very, very, very big factor. And you see, as we learn to walk with God, we find out that 
we continue to, our resilience continues to, to grow. God himself teaches us how to be resilient. So I'll, um, I'll say resilience, your spiritual resilience is tied to your level of faith and trust in God. If you look at Ephesians 6 verse 10, I'll read it from the New Living Translation. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, um, if you read through Ephesians 10 from even 10 to 18, I mean, it, it talks about several steps on, I mean, that's one scripture I actually, I mean, one part of the Bible I would, I read every morning. I'll encourage you find out that um, it can be very refreshing when you when you you read those those words as a prophecy into your life. Now, every time God takes you higher, the truth is He sets you up for a bigger victory. When He takes you higher, you go to a new level, and you find out that the challenges that you begin to encounter on this new level is quite different from what you used to deal with. Um, some, some people would say um, big man, big problem as God takes you higher the challenges will definitely, definitely be different and you see, in our work with God we will go through a process um, at this point, I believe you can fill in the blanks there in our work with God, we will go through a process of spiritual toughening that takes us to a level of total dependence on grace and the will of God. You see, the truth is, um, God is very, very, very faithful. And when he blesses, yes, he blesses completely. He blesses so much, he brings an overflow of his blessings but the truth is, there's still always more in God. There's always, always more room for more victories. And more victories obviously mean more battles. So even as we recognize that which God has done already, I mean, we recognize that he has brought us into an overflow. We need to be able to recognize that there will still be a new level of challenge that we will overcome. And the truth is, we will overcome. That is a promise from God. Now, we, I mean, we, a couple of weeks ago, yes, we went through, I mean, we had God do it again service. And I'm sure, I mean, the testimonies have been awesome. I, I hope every one of us actually had an encounter. And you find out that God just opened up new doors. But it, it doesn't end there. I'd like us to, to, to go into the scripture now and look at the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 13. We'll read verse 17 to 18. Then we'll jump to verse 21 to 22. Now it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. 
The Lord went ahead of them. Um, seven, we're reading 17 to 18. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Now, why would God tell them to get, I mean, to dress up like an army and still not take them through the land of the Philistines where they obviously would have had to fight their way through? I mean, anybody that would probably have known their geography back then would be wondering, why are we going through these long routes? I mean, if it's war, we're dressed for war, aren't we? Now, if we jump to verse 21, it says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Now, it was clear that God was walking with these people. Think about it. These guys have been in Egypt for 430 years and they obviously suffered as slaves for more than half of that time. I mean, after Joseph died, everything, everything changed. And when God showed up, it was a dramatic uh, way. They did not only leave Egypt, they left with the wealth of Egypt. Now, they took it all. God gave them everything. The Egyptians, I mean, God did not only show did not manifest, only manifest his power for them to see. He made them give them their, their wealth as well. Now, this, it, I mean, this could, it would be clear to everybody that this is God. It shows how much God cares, right? Now, they, as they go, God takes them through a longer route and they run into the Red Sea. Pharaoh is hot on their heels. All of a sudden, all that excitement, it seems like um, they are trapped. What has happened to the God of miracles? The God that did so many miracles in Egypt. The God that brought them out and took their wealth as well. What has happened? The same God that was physically guiding them. So it it wasn't a case of, ah, it seems like uh, God took a break and Pharaoh woke up. But the truth is, God is God. He will always be God. And, I mean, who decides how far God will go in blessing us? At what point do we start wondering when God has started a new thing in our life? At what point do we start wondering where all the favor has gone? Because we can see obstacles and trials. I mean, these things happen. We begin to wonder. I mean, this... I thought this was God. I mean, from the way it has happened, it's could only have been God. So, where is this coming from? How come, I mean, from excitement to apprehension? I'd like us to, I mean, at this point, maybe we'll get one, two, two or three people that can share with us. Now, it's a discussion question. It says, have you experienced a season where you are still celebrating the testimony 
and all of a sudden there seems to be an uncomfortable twist to the story. Now, how did you manage and how did it turn out? Anybody wants to share? Who wants to share? Hmm? Nobody has ever experienced such a it's too personal to share. Excellent. The choir always has something to say. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah. After... My, uh, after my first year of university, I had a very, very good result. And it really, I was amazed, you know. So it was worth sharing as a testimony because I really didn't expect, you know, to have a first-class result. <clears throat> so by the time I finished my second year, I dropped to a 2 one. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God. And I shared a testimony, you know, <laughs> about how God helped me with the first class. And my dad even reprimanded me. He said... Why did you even share a testimony like that? Uh, it wasn't necessary. And I felt bad. <laughs> you know, and he was like, okay, God, you really need to save my face. So at the end of the day, I mean, it turned out glorious. God restored the results and he even made it more glorious. I was the best graduating student, you know. I won uh, so many awards. So to God be the glory. Amen. Is God not an awesome God? Any, any other person wants to... Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I just want to um, talk about the experience I had. I'm trying to remember the exact time. I think it was last year. Um, my daughter was um, ill, and I sent out prayer requests to my um, mother-in-law, my mom, all that, and... They prayed, we all prayed, and she started improving. You know, she was supposed to have a blood transfusion and all that, but things just started changing. You know, she was getting better. Then one of the, those days I was at rehearsal, like she was still in the hospital, but I started feeling uneasy that something was not right. So I had to go back to the hospital and... She was actually deteriorating. Everything was just going wrong. You know, I said, I beg God, what's happening here? You know, so at that point in time, there was no time to ask too many questions. I just had to understand what was going on. And I just started engaging and praying. I just want to thank God because at the end of the day, even though I prayed no blood transfusion, she still had to have a blood transfusion, you know, and... She was, like, coughing for almost two hours. But by the time that was done, she, you know, she even called me and said, Mommy, let us pray because I was like, I've forgotten. You know, say, Mommy, can we pray? So we prayed together. Um, and by morning, she was stable. You know, I just want to thank God because by the time the pediatrician came and they were checking her, they said that, she was actually failing. I don't know what that term means, whatever that, that term means. But I know that 
God turned it around, despite how I was hopeful that she would have been healed and she didn't need any blood transfusion, but that did not make God any less God. I just bless his name. Praise God. Amen. You, you see, you, you cannot choose how God decides to do it. And he does it in his own wisdom. I mean, for a long time, you may not even see the reason why God would have decided to go through that route. But God is God. Do I have any other person before we... Okay. Seems we don't have the... Rather, we are not out of our shell yet this evening. Now, but the truth is, can God make a mistake? Is it possible for the one that spoke creation into existence to make a mistake? Because a lot of times, I mean... We, can, we can't help but be human. Yes, we try to be all spiritual and all that. But God, God does something. And all of a sudden, it seems like this is not how we thought it would have been. We may have even heard. But I heard. I heard clearly. Then, I mean, what, what is it? Is it that God has made a mistake? Or you just do not know the plan from, I mean, the complete, the complete plan. You see, Isaiah 66 verse verse 9, I mean, it's clear. It says, shall I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Or shall I, who gives delivery, shut the womb, says your God? When we go through these things sometimes, like I, I would always say, there are two reasons, I mean, so many reasons, but Sometimes God will make you allow, not make you. God doesn't tempt. God doesn't bring about bad things. God may allow you to go through something. I are wondering, why, am I, why do I have to go through such a temptation? But the fact is, God may just be teaching you something. Or God may just be making, I mean, taking you through a process where your testimony will be all that somebody else needs to hear to get their own healing and breakthrough. When my, my second son was, was born, I mean, conception through Ebenezer, we thank God. When we went to the hospital, everything was fine, but he just wasn't going to come out. He had passed his due date, I think. He had passed his due date. We waited, we waited, fine, it's normal, it's normal. Then, um, stories. I think my wife was even induced. I can't remember how many times now. Twice, yeah. Then that normal process began to look like an abnormal process. What's going on? All of a sudden, why would God bring us this far? That was not the first time, but at that point, I was praying and, I mean, I led to the scripture and I can't remember how it all went again, but they were ready to, I think they were ready to do a CS. They were ready to do a CS. Not that there's anything wrong with a CS. So people don't end up causing, I mean, if God decides that's the way, that's the way. And in an instant, everything changed. Everything changed before we knew delivery room, 
and the boy had jumped out. And I attempted to wonder, so why did we have to go through that? <laughs> but anyhow, the truth is, God will do the, what he will do the way he wants to do it. The scripture we read in Exodus, Exodus 13, verse 17 tells us that God did not send them through the shortest route. We know God always has a plan. If you jump to chapter 14, verse 3 and 4 gives us a very good account of why God did not take them through there. I mean, this same God that brought them out of Egypt, he could have caused fear to fall upon the Philistines that they would walk through without even fighting. After all, when, um, is it Jacob now? He had done it before. There's nothing that God couldn't do, cannot do. But you see, he said so his name will be glorified. If you go to chapter 14. For everything that we would go through, whether it is before God brings us into the overflow or just as we get into that new level, it is so that his name will be glorified. Now, we know the rest of the story. I mean, God took them there. It looked like they were were going to be slaughtered by Pharaoh and um, God did what only him can do. God did what even they could never have imagined. God, think about it. You are trapped in this situation. So, okay, I know God will do something. And you think God will probably send somebody. God will probably, I mean, would you really think God will do something so drastic? They never could have thought God would part the Red Sea. Who had parted the Red Sea before? Now, if there was any doubt that they left Egypt because Pharaoh had a moment of weakness, uh, everything was a coincidence... The Red Sea, a sea cannot part out of coincidence. And that should, that would have taken away any, any doubt that anybody could have had. You know, scientists would always want um, to find a logical reason. There's always an explanation. They would need to explain how the Red Sea parted. <laughs> they would really need to find it. That would be a very, very big one for them. Now, you see, God, the God that did that, he's still God. He will always be God. Access to him may have changed. Yes, Jesus came. And uh, we thank God that we are born, we're born on this side of, <laughs> of it. Because, I mean, Jesus came and all of a sudden it looks like access to God has become so easy. Just be saved. Right? In those days, they had to wait for, for the prophets to, to actually speak for them. But God is still the same God. He can still do those unimaginable things that he did back then, even now. He doesn't change. Access to him may have changed, but he does not change. So we're going to look at, I mean, what we need to do to stay resilient in the face of challenges to the overflow in our lives. I mean, we've just given a testimony. We are, everybody's saying congratulations. We get home and, yeah, the congratulations are still in order, but one or two things that we need to do and you begin to wonder, wow. So, was my testimony premature? Has God changed his mind? 
What will I tell the people? Everybody will ask you, why did you give such a testimony? Why didn't you wait? <laughs> yeah. But you see, irrespective, the point is, as what, even before you see it, God says that even before you ask, he will do. And if there's one thing we've come to learn over time is God God um, God will always be glorified. Now, the first that we need to do is to give him unconditional gratitude. Unconditional. And you think about it we had, um, God has been doing things, still doing things. But I mean, after the God duty in service, all that, all that. I think Pastor Dami talked about gratitude the next uh, week. Now, are we grateful for what he has done already? Even if to us it may not have been a complete thing, or rather exactly how we expect it to be. Are we grateful? Is there a share in this gratitude to God? Is there, I'm grateful, God has done it, but um, you know the, we know the works now. But the truth is, it takes humility. It takes humility to be truly, truly grateful. Now, where do we place ourselves in the presence of God? Fine, we expected him to do it because he said he would do it. Where do we place ourselves? If, I mean, Psalm 8 verse 4, it says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Where do we stand? I mean, if you want to say, fine, this is my right. We stand, try and place ourselves next to God. We find out that he really doesn't even have to do it and he will still be God. Whether we give God gratitude or not, God will be God. And you see, people will still, those that will give God gratitude will still give God gratitude whether we do it or not. So at the end of the day it's about missing out if we decide not to or if we have all the shares in the I mean, God you could have done it you could have done more, this could have been better blah 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 you know it is. But the truth is unconditional gratitude we have to be grateful and it takes a humble heart to be totally, totally grateful when we fully recognize who we are, it will bring that humility in our lives. And secondly, we always, the second thing we need to do is always remember who your God is. Remember who your God is. In Daniel 11 verse 32, I read from the Living Bible. I read from the Living Bible. It says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great things. Another, another um, translation says, They shall be strong and do, and do exploits. Now, let's look at uh, Moses. Moses has come to know this God that appeared to him at the burning bush. I mean, over time. Moses was not afraid anymore. This was not the same stammering Moses that, that was trying to convince God that look, there's a better man for this job. This is not the same Moses that, that had a million excuses. 
Moses had come to know God. I mean, he had, he was, I mean, we wouldn't say he knew everything, but he was comfortable working with God at that point. God had done great things through him in Egypt. He had led the people out. So Moses was a confident Moses. Now, they were faced, Pharaoh was approaching. Yeah, they seemed to be trapped. Apprehension, people already complaining. Now, is it possible that there are no, there's no, I mean, 600,000 people buried in Egypt, that would be a lot. So you brought us out here to, to be slaughtered, right? Now, the thing is, Moses stood up. Verse, um, Exodus 14 gives an account of, of this, 13 and 14. Moses told the people to be calm. Now, if we read that scripture, we will know that I don't think God told him to tell them to be calm. But Moses knew who God was. So he was telling them, be calm. God has a plan. Told them, be calm. And see what God. The same God that he had come to know. That's why he was obviously telling them, be calm. Then God spoke. Why are you praying? Move forward, you know. All that and all that. You see, if you think about it, after God has just done a big, a great thing, he has brought you into the overflow, do you think he cannot do another bigger one immediately? Is it that um, he needs to go and recharge? God doesn't need to go and recharge. God doesn't need permission from anybody to say, oh, I have blessed this person enough. I need to, to, to wait a while before I bless the person again. Just after doing the biggest thing that you could, you, could, you could not even imagine in your life, God can do a bigger one. There's no limits to, to God. No limits. He is a source and is an unlimited source. So thirdly, what we need to do, we ask the right questions. What is the Holy Spirit saying? John 16, verse 13. Um, it says, When the Holy Spirit, who is truth, comes, he shall guide you into all truth, for he will not be presenting his own ideas, but he will be passing on to you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And so, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What question have you actually asked the Holy Spirit? Because you have to ask the right questions. The question of why me? It's not a relevant question when there's a need for direction. Okay, if God tells you why it is you, what would you do with the answer? A lot of times, oh God, why me? Why me? Yeah, but really, after you know, so therefore, what next? would have wasted a little time asking for why, trying to understand the why, when others would have asked for direction, and they've gone ahead already. So, what's the right question? Now, in asking the right question, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What is Scripture saying? What does the Scripture say? 
We'll take another scripture from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. So, you are faced with the situation. God had done it, I mean, he had just done it, and all of a sudden, it looks like there's confusion. Have you gone to the world for direction? Yeah, God can speak through your pastor. But his word is written there already. And God speaks through his word. The word of God is living. It's so dynamic that, look, you study the Bible, you see a scripture, and whoa, he ministers to you, all is well, you um, deal with the situation. And some other time, it screams a completely different thing to you. Brings a completely new revelation. And then you, you truly come to realize that you really do not have to wait for for thunder to strike, for the heavens to shake. I mean, you don't have to follow Elijah up to the mountain. And it's there. Open the scripture and you will see the word of God speaking to you. So, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What's the scripture saying? And fourthly, Follow instructions completely. Completely. A to Z. Now, the, the human mind is very curious. God says, do this. Say, excellent. After that, have you done it first? Completely. It's a case of clarity is very important. I mean, God gives you an instruction. You should be clear on the instruction. But it becomes a problem where you're asking for clarity of the purpose before you can begin to walk in that instruction. Say, God, you need to show me the plan completely. God says, go there. God says, give this to this person. God says, speak to this person. I see, after speaking, what next? So you stay there and wait. That, okay, God has given me part A. God will give me part B and C. Then I'll just go out there and I'll do everything together to save time of going back and forth. Right? But the truth is, be clear on the instruction. If he says go, keep walking. And the next will come. You can imagine Moses when they were leaving Egypt. Moses says, are we going that way? God says, go that way. He says, okay, if we go that way, you know a, we'll run into the Red Sea. Or we'll have to walk all the way around. You know, we have so many women and children. We have uh, livestock. How do you expect us to survive? Have you kept angels there to carry us across the sea? I mean, Moses could have asked all those questions that he used to ask before. So, follow instructions completely to the latter. And 
even before you hear the instructions, most importantly, make up your mind to obey. It's not a case of you are, you are waiting for what God will say before you decide whether you do it. If you don't, so what are your options? If you have other options, then why, why are you coming to God? You see, we know that God is the source. We know that there's no other way. But a lot of times, it's easy to, I mean, we try to, 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 to hear what God has to say first before we decide to do what he has told us to do. If you make up your mind to obey, irrespective, you find out that when God speaks, you start running. It saves you that time of wondering what God means by this. So we need to make up our minds that we will obey as he directs. And we will trust that he will give us the best response. Most times it's not the options that we would have considered. It may actually never seem favorable to us in any way. But the truth is, it's not your responsibility to determine which response you will get from God. That's his responsibility. He has given us access. We come to him and we make up our minds that we will do what he has asked us to do. So I pray that God will, will strengthen us and give us that grace. Amen. Now, in doing these things, how do we focus on doing these things? How do we focus or make up our minds to follow instructions, give unconditional gratitude? Because really, it can be tough. I mean, the, the, the trouble might be brewing there. And uh, you probably have people around you asking you, is this the time to pray? How do you focus? You are waiting on God. And the world is saying, everybody is running over. You are still here. You are praying. What are you waiting for? Focusing, the first we would need to do is to keep the faith. Keep the faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Comes from hearing the word. Comes from hearing, comes from, I mean, from studying the word, from listening to messages, from even worship. I mean, you build up your faith. So what are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Now, I mean, we said at the beginning that your residence has a direct relationship with your faith, right? Spiritual residence is tied to your level of faith. And since your resilience has a direct relationship with your level of faith, then by all means, work on your faith. Study the word. Study the word. Listen. Pray. Confess the word. Pray the word. It says that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain the same. So the same world that has done it before, over and over and over again, will still do it in our lives in Jesus' name. And as we study the world, we need to be able to trust in the faithfulness 
of God. In keeping the faith, we need to trust in the faithfulness of God. First Corinthians 1 verse 9, it says God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. Trust in faithfulness. How do we focus on doing these things? Don't put God in a box. Or rather, sorry, watch out for God sent destiny helpers. God sent to, not uh, the Aproko, the Aproko helpers. Because, I mean, you would always run into those that they've seen somebody go through this. Their, their sister's husband has encountered this. They used to be in a church up country where they saw somebody go through this. What are God sent destiny helpers? And how do you know God sent destiny helpers? We trust the Holy Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit. Because you see, we go through. In, um, recently, we. I gave a testimony during God did it again service. God did another something. Yes, that was phase one. So phase two, let's start, do what we have to do. And we're running into all sorts of bottlenecks, loops, hoops, from one hoop, jump into another hoop. And honestly, at a point, I thought, are you sure we we did the right thing? Did we make a mistake somewhere? And you see, while we're doing that, every time God will say, every time I'm looking for solution, you don't know everything. God says, the Spirit says, talk to that person. You don't have to tell the person your problem. Just ask the question the Spirit is leading you to ask. The person may not have the right answer, but the person may give you an answer that will lead you where you will get your result. There was this day, I think it was after a tribe, Spirit was saying, ask this person. And I looked at the person and the person was busy, so I, I went home. I said, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? You know? I think it was almost a week later. We were not where we, we, we were that, at that time Spirit said, ask. Things had deteriorated. And I got that leading again, so... I, I didn't have to, to learn or rather I didn't need anybody to advise me. I picked up the phone. It's not about face-to-face anymore. I had the opportunity of a face-to-face conversation and boom, I asked. The person couldn't help me in that regard as in give me the solution. But the person gave us an idea and when we followed that lead it led to another lead and another lead and by yesterday, we jumped a very big huddle. The kind of huddle that I mean, at such, it was, it was so awesome that <laughs> it took a while. And during that time, we had to take certain risks and we had to question the risk we were taking. Ah, but it just happened. And you think, man, why did I not ask this question? All that while. And God will help us. Look, he sends us destiny helpers. And when the spirit is leading us, just do it. What will it take from you? 
Your dinner will not get too cold. Can I heat it up again? And you see, God sends destiny helpers. Iron sharpens iron. If you hang with the right crowd, you will get the right info. And God will always take you to where you have the right crowd. You find them in church. Your life group. I mean, you might look at life group and say, what could possibly come out of this life group? You will be so amazed. As you depend on the Holy Spirit to lead you to the point of destiny helpers, he will not only point them out to you, he will tell you what to ask. And you see, God has given you certain skills. And he has given people around you skills. He has put resources in their hands. These resources, he has put them there. I mean, not just for you, but for the fact that he has put you there. He has put those people there. He has given them the skills and the resources. Because God knows that in time you would have to go and ask such a question. And he has already laid the foundation. So let's try to, to listen as the Spirit leads us to those that he, has, that he has put in our way to help us. And thirdly, don't put God in a box. There's no limit to what God can do. Moses. Okay, Moses and the Israelites cut in between. You know, you, I mean, it's a decision of in between the devil and the deep blue sea. That is the situation they were actually in. They were in between the devil, Pharaoh. Pharaoh was coming to kill them all. I mean, how much of a devil could he have been? And there was the deep blue sea. <laughs> a lot of times we are too focused on the problem and the available options that we forget that God is not limited to our options. Who could have thought? I mean, Moses had been working with God at that point, but I, I dare say Moses would not have... He didn't know. If he had known, he would have even walked to the Red Sea immediately. God told him, go there. Who would have known that? I mean, what are our options? Yes, it's good to find out your options. In fact, it's good to, to, to take something to God. When you're asking the question, you can ask... When, when um, David... When David, um, when his family was kidnapped along with his fighting men, David mourned, he cried, and he asked the right questions. Shall I pursue? God says pursue. He said you will overtake and recover all. So it's good to ask the questions, but the truth is don't limit God to those options you have brought. Like Pastor there tell us, say God must choose between these three women who he has invested. <laughs> the man said he has invested, so, so God must, must, must choose. I mean, Joshua needed to, to win a battle. And for him to win that war, that battle, the son had to remain there. Who would have thought of such an option? Jesus had to feed over 4,000 people. And what was available was just for about one, somebody's lunch, maybe one or two people. God is so limitless that it's so mind-blowing that your options eventually do not matter. And the fourth thing, remember whose you are. First John 4 verse 4. Remember whose you are. 
He says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And that is a fact. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That is a fact. The enemy, I mean, Satan can be what he wants to be. He can have his whole army of what they want to be. But there's a spirit in you that is greater than every other combined together in the world. And you see, when you recognize whose you are, then you remember that you are not fighting to win because you have won already. Jesus said it is finished. You are not fighting to win a battle. You are fighting from a point of victory. You are enforcing your supernatural rights. So remember whose you are. And the fifth thing is pray without season. Because even though you remember who you are, you still need to pray. If you don't pray, if you don't talk to God, how will you hear? Fifth thing, pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17. It's such a strict instruction. Say, never stop praying. That's New Living Translation. And what are you praying for? You pray for grace. Pray for grace. Grace to fast. Grace to serve God. Grace to be committed to your work for God and your work with God. Grace to be decisive in the decisions you take. Grace to be steadfast. I mean, Pray for grace. I also pray for manifestation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Very important. Because you see, your show of love and patience, that genuine joy that radiates from you, being kind to people, all the fruits of the Spirit that manifest in your life may just be the door opener to the solution that you are waiting for. The heavens really do, does not have to shake. Just that act of kindness, you will be so surprised where it will lead you to. Very, very far from what you would have thought would be the way. So pray for the manifestation of the fruits in us. Let us not be, be let our hearts not be hardened towards people. Say, I've, I've been burnt. I've learned a lesson. Yeah, it's good to learn the lessons. You have to think clearly, but pray for the manifestation of the fruits so that at the time God wants you to go out there and even give an act of kindness to somebody that you've never met before. You don't say, ah, I don't want people to take me for granted. You never can tell where it will lead to. And you pray for the church and people around you. Pray for God's will to be done. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, that was part of the prayer points that he raised. So pray for God's will to be done. And when God leads you to pray for people, pray for them. You might be wondering, ah, but this person is a prayer warrior. This person probably even more spiritual than I am. Can this person not pray for themselves or what am I praying for this person for? God may give you the prayer point, but he may not even give you the prayer point. He just says pray for the person. Like uh, Reverend Coley was saying last week Sunday, when you pray for people, people will pray for you. 
You don't have to know the people that are praying for you. God has raised people to pray for, for you. So, when God, when the Spirit leads you to pray for people, by all means, pray for them. I would, you know, um, last year, when um, pastor said we should join the prayer group for pick a day for the daily vigils and um, SHOP. You know that testimony I was giving the other day? That was the period now. The day we had that meeting. I, I didn't remember this still. I think I had my wife telling somebody yesterday. Because, you know, there, there are always times say there's no time to pray. Oh, there's time to pray. I mean, I can't go for that prayer meeting. I can't do this. I had the meeting, and by the time I got home, it was the day I picked for vigil. By the time I got home, I had barely enough time to take a bath around for the vigil. I had two choices. Take a bath. I mean, stay at home and do my work. I mean, after all. That is business. Or come for the vigil and find a way around it. So, I came for the vigil. And when I go home, I started working. And by the grace of God, yes, I worked. And you see, there's something I didn't mention in that testimony that day. When we sent in a bill, they shouted, ah, it's too high. In a panic, I ran back. I didn't... Normal me that I would consult. I have colleagues, but I didn't consult to say we can't miss this one. Let's not be greedy. And I cut off a large chunk and sent it in again. Yeah, this, this, I mean, this would be encouraging. For some reason, they walked to the first one we sent. Now, shouting, why will you do that? I said, It doesn't matter, let's just get there. There'll be other time. They walked to the first one. And I mean, I don't know why. I sent it, I sent it, and I called. I sent it a revised one, and it was ignored. So, what, what God wants to, to bless you with, He has already made up His mind to bless you with it. You don't stifle the work of the Holy Spirit. You don't give excuses. You don't try to shirk responsibilities just because you have to do this particular thing. Oh, um, God will understand. Yeah, God will understand. But God will also appreciate the sacrifices of your heart and your hand. So, I mean, if we, if, from, from, from these things we've been talking about, it's, it's clear God will bless you as he wants to bless. And by the grace of God, God will continually take us into an overflow. And he will, um, as, the, as the promotion gets bigger, obviously we'll see different levels of challenges. And God himself will use, he will teach us, he will lead us in the way but for God to lead you, he has to be able to communicate with you. 
which means you have to be able to hear from him. Because if you cannot hear, I mean, if you don't speak Chinese, you find yourself in China and everybody is speaking Chinese and telling you that's where you are going to. How will you know where you are going to? You know those guys gesticulate a lot, so they might even be, and you think that. So, it's, we need to be able to hear from God. If we can hear from God, then we will be able to overcome these challenges that may threaten that overflow of blessing that he has brought our way. But to hear from God, you have to have a right relationship with God. So at this point, I mean, there, there, there are two categories of call that, that I would like to make. I mean, if, you've, if, if for some reason you've never been born again, you've never had the opportunity or you've always heard and you've never been able to make up your mind, the Spirit of God is here and he will bless, he will touch you when you cry out. God wants you to come into his presence. So if you've never been born again, you've never given your life to Christ or you may have done that in the past and found yourself on the other side. You'll do better time. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.